0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it. Boy Meets World House. House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh really? Yes. Oh yeah. You had to act <laughs> it was by the to sink, sink lot. a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right.
0: Doing business constantly. uh uh-huh. Mom stuff.
1: Uh-huh. And disciplining you
0: <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic Five. New episode out now. You can listen wherever
2: you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and
0: call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details.
0: I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. And say the keyword, baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict, or pound 250, and say the keyword, baby. Violence has
2: broken out in Israel as Hamas is firing rockets into the state of Israel. Israel defending itself, and our host of this show... Senator Cruz will be headed where the rockets are flying in the coming days. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. Senator, I'm very glad that we are doing this episode from our very comfy studio here in Washington, D.C., and that we're not doing it under rocket fire in Israel. But you, you madman, are headed right into where the violence is. So,
3: so michael you're saying you're not going to come with me and do a, do a a podcast on location uh, alongside the Gaza strip in a bomb shelter
2: you know i was i've i've gotten sick of zoom over the last year this will be an instance i think i'd prefer zoom i all think right. skype a further distance would be great
3: uh, all right you, you, you can zoom in from beirut oh,
2: great wonderful the far more peaceful yes <laughs> uh, you you are headed there I am. into a conflict that I think we can say without exaggeration, is the most complex conflict on planet Earth. I think a great many conservatives, even, you know, certainly the leftists, but even a great many conservatives don't really know what exactly is at play here, what exactly the two sides stand for, or why there seems to be perpetual violence. And I, to some degree, would count myself in that category. So, Senator, if you wouldn't mind, please explain it.
3: Well, Israel is surrounded by nations that, for most of the existence of the modern state of Israel, have wanted to drive it into the sea, yep. have, have wanted to destroy it. Um, if you look at Israel, the only reason Israel exists today uh, is that it is militarily able to defeat its neighbors. Yep. Uh, there's been a whole history of Middle East wars uh, where... Arab nations joined together, attacked Israel. Every time they do it, they lose. And in fact, Israel gains territory. Um, That strength has been critical to Israel's existence. Um, If you look at what's happening with Hamas terrorists, these are terrorists in Israel that, that do not believe Israel has a right to exist, that they do not want there to be a Jewish state on the face of the earth. They want to obliterate it. Uh, and they engage in deliberate, repeated acts of violence. Uh, terrorism, they target individuals, they target civilians, they target women and children. Um, they, whether it is suicide vests and blowing up uh, cafes or discotheques or, or uh, malls, um, but, but they also use rockets. They use typically low-tech rockets that are, that are fired into Israel over and over and over again. Seeking to cause mayhem, and they're and they're doing a couple of things. One, uh, they want to destabilize Israel. They want to create fear. and and I'll tell you, I've been uh, to Israel many times. I've been along the Gaza Strip where where the folks there are used to you know, having a a siren go off and having to run to a bomb shelter because in ten, twenty, thirty seconds, a rocket could explode and kill you, right. And, and it has an effect. I mean, I've talked with Israelis who, you know, it's like PTSD. I mean, they're dealing with, I mean, it's really frightening when you're playing with your child and suddenly have to run and hide uh, because of fear of being killed. Uh, but another reason Hamas does this is they count on the media uh, to be their propagandists. Yeah. Uh, they know that Israel will have to respond, that if you start I mean, imagine how people would react in in Washington, D.C. if if suddenly folks in Maryland began firing rockets in D.C., like you would respond and you would respond uh, with military force. Inevitably, Israel responds and goes after the terrorists and the press predictably takes the size side of the terrorists and paints Israel as the bad guys.
2: Now, I think also for people who are unclear of what Hamas is, it's confusing because they're terrorists in that they target civilians to achieve political ends. It's a very basic definition of terrorism, but they're also sort of the government elected by the Palestinian Arabs, even though Palestine is not a nation, but there were elections in 2005, and the, the people there who participated elected this terrorist group to represent them. That's right, and not only that, uh, th- th- that you have the
3: Palestinian Authority, which is the governmental entity in, in, in the portions of, of Israel that are controlled by the PA, yeah. that pays terrorists. So yeah. if you, Michael, go strap dynamite to your chest and you walk into a mall uh, in Tel Aviv and you blow yourself up yeah. and you murder a bunch of other people, you murder a bunch of Israelis – the Palestinian Authority will pay your family a stipend yeah. in perpetuity. They literally are essentially paying bounties. You know, go blow yourself up and w- and we'll take care of your family for you and we'll celebrate you as a hero and martyr. And and, and, and that is profoundly dysfunctional. It, it is, but the media and the Democrats play this game of moral relativism. Well, they say, well, both sides are doing yeah. wrong. No, yet, you know, years ago, uh, the, the, the first time I visited Israel uh, was in 2012, so nine years ago. And first time I traveled there, I, I went and visited a hospital on the northern border of, uh, uh, of Israel right alongside Syria, it was the Ziv Hospital. Um, at the time, that hospital had provided over $8 million in free, uncompensated care uh, to Syrians, uh, injured in the horrific civil war playing out there, and and I heard stories from Israeli doctors, Israeli nurses, how how you would have a, a little Syrian child, a boy or girl, go to sleep in their bed, and a bomb would go off hmm. and and blow up their home, and they would wake up and they'd wake up in an Israeli hospital being treated, and the, these little girls. And little boys were terrified—terrified terrified of whatever injuries they they had—but even more terrified that it was Israeli doctors that yeah, were treating them. Right, right. And and you know, one of the physicians there told me about a woman who was a Syrian woman who, who, who said, "My whole life, the government—I've been told was there to protect me. Now they're trying to kill me. And my whole life, the people I've been told." that hate me and want to kill me, now you're saving my life. Right, right. And and, and it's, so I wrote a number of years back a um, an op-ed that was called A Tale of Two Hospitals, and it said you can tell a lot about a society by how they treat their most vulnerable, uh, and a hospital's a good place to start. And I compared the Ziv Hospital, where they'd given all of this free care to Syrians wounded in the Civil War, and, and I contrasted it to a hospital in Gaza, which is in the southern part of Israel that's in, under the control of the Palestinian Authority and, and Hamas, where Hamas had based their headquarters in the basement of the hospital. And, and what they were doing—now, mind you, this is a Palestinian hospital. In other words, the hospital is filled not with Israelis but with Palestinians— and they were using Palestinians as human shields. And so you have mothers giving birth. They're literally using the mothers yeah. and, and the infants just being born as human shields. And from Hamas's perspective, it's a win-win. Either, as ended up being the case, Israel will refrain and not attack the headquarters from which they're planning terrorist attacks on Israel. Okay, that's a win. If, if like Israel is afraid to attack their headquarters, Hamas is happy about that. Or on the flip side, if if Israel does attack the headquarters, there will be a bunch of Palestinian patients, mothers and infants killed. It's great PR and it's great PR. They know that CNN, they know that New York Times, they know that the Democrats will say, see, the Israelis are monsters. We told you so. So yeah. either way I mean, and the practice of human shields is something Hamas does
2: a lot. So this this conflict is not particularly complicated. To, obviously, the history is very complicated, but which side we should be on is not that complicated. You If you elect Hamas terrorists to represent you, and if you celebrate in the streets on 9-11, as happened, I remember watching it play out live uh, 20 years ago, uh, then it doesn't seem like the United States should should really support whatever national cause you, you want to represent. And Israel has, has been a good ally. We've been good allies to Israel. That seems perfectly ordinary. What? Why is it that so many prominent Democrats are against Israel and are supporting the Palestinian Arabs. What, what is the argument? What, are, what am I missing here? Well, the,
3: the far left hates Israel, and, and actually the far left frequently tra- uh, traffics in anti-Semitism, where, where, where they despise Israel's right to exist. Is, look, Israel is a nation that shares America's value. Israel is our strongest ally in the Middle East. Uh, we provide about $3 billion a year in military assistance to Israel. That produces enormous uh, military advantages and national security advantages to the United States. I I am the strongest defender of Israel in the U.S. Senate, and and I resolved to be that when I was elected. Um, But but I defend our support of Israel not as a welfare case, not like we're helping out this you know poor on their luck. Neighbor, right, right. It's not. We're not just a national charity, right? I mean, it's good to be charitable, but that's not the primary purpose. It benefits America. So you look at all of the enemies of Israel are enemies of America. You 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 look at the Ayatollah Khamenei, the leader, the so-called supreme leader of Iran. Uh, He leads mobs in chanting "death to America" and "death to Israel." They call Israel the little Satan. They call America (laughs) the big Satan, the big Satan, the great Satan. Um, And when Israel is fighting her enemies, Israel is fighting our enemies. Not only that, the Mossad, their spy network, is second to none. It is incredibly effective. And so we get massive national security benefits from what they do with our assistance. Uh, For example, the Mossad did this raid on Iran that uncovered this this uh, cache of documents showing their their nuclear program that they were actively working to develop nuclear weapons, even uh, when they said they were not, that they were lying. It proved that they were lying. That and by the way, they gave those documents to America. So they went on a commando raid, seized these documents. I mean, it's like something out of Jason Bourne. Yeah.
2: Um, All of that is very much benefits us. Well, you're certainly right here to, uh, in particular when you're talking about these prominent Democrats who hate Israel and don't think it should exist. I mean, th- there are elected Democrats who have repeated the slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is to say Israel will cease to exist as a, as a nation state, and that state will be turned over to the Palestinian Arabs. So it's hard to be more uh, antipathetic than, than that. Well, and and listen, the barrier to Middle East peace
3: has never been Israel. Um, nobody wants peace more than Israel. Look, it's it's Israeli babies that are being murdered. It's, it's the citizens that live in the fear of terror. The barrier to peace uh, is the Palestinians who, number one, refuse to acknowledge Israel's right to exist. They refuse. Th- th- their objective is to abolish the entire nation of Israel. Yeah. And secondly, they refuse to renounce terrorism. They, 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 In fact, they continue to pay people to commit acts right. of terrorism and murder innocent civilians. Until those two things change, you can't have meaningful peace. I will say, though, that, that all of us have been benefited from an incredible object lesson the last year of what works in the Middle East yeah. and what doesn't. So for years and years and years, Democrats have said there can be no peace, you can have no Arab-Israeli peace until the Palestinian situation is resolved. John Kerry said this as Secretary of State in 2016. Yes. He said it's impossible to solve until we solve the Palestinian situation. Well, it turns out that's totally wrong. Yeah. (laughs) That's now been objectively disproven. Think about it. Last year, we were seeing this flowering of peace across the Middle East. Yeah. Historic, the first peace agreements in decades, the Abraham Accords. As you know, I was there at the White House when the Abraham Accords were signed. And why were they signed? I think it's important to understand because there's a reason we had peace last year, and there's a reason we have war this year. And it's based on the policies of America last year and the policies of America this year. Why did we have peace last year? I think the single biggest thing that changed was clarity about where America stands. So you and I have talked before about the two biggest foreign policy decisions that Trump made. Uh, The first was the decision to move the United States embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah. You know, Israel was the only country on earth where we didn't have our embassy in its capital city.
2: And it had been U.S. policy for decades to move the embassy to Jerusalem. We just never did. Every president said they would do it, and we just never did. Both Democrats and
3: Republican presidents had promised to move the embassy. And then they didn't, and and the reason why, so there was a big fight in the Trump administration about, do we move the embassy? Both the Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, and the Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis, both of them vigorously argued against moving the embassy. They said, if we move the embassy, the enemies of Israel will be enraged. They will attack, it will cause violence. There will be violence in the streets, they said. Um, and, And I made the case vigorously to President Trump, we should move the embassy that it would make absolutely clear but to both our friends and enemies that we stand unequivocally with israel and i think there's power in in clarity trump agreed with me moved the embassy uh and and i was there the day the embassy opened up just over three years ago that very same week and I, i don't think it's coincidental um The Trump administration announced we were pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal. That's the most important foreign policy decision Trump made. Same dynamics, both state and defense opposed pulling out of the deal. I made the case repeatedly to the president in the Oval Office, we needed to pull out of the deal. And again, he agreed with me and he overruled his own State Department, his own Defense Department. Those two decisions are what produced the Abraham Accords. And, and I'll tell you why. So, so when, when the Abraham Accords were being signed, uh, I spoke with the foreign ministers and the ambassadors of both the UAE and Bahrain. Both of them said the same thing. They said, it is now clear to us that America stands unequivocally with Israel.
2: Hmm.
3: We want to be friends with America. So we'll be friends with Israel. Yeah, (laughs) It was that clarity, and notice there was no resolution to the Palestinian situation. It was simply they were making a decision. Being friends with America is a big damn deal, and so we'll suck it up and make peace with Israel. Now, fast forward to Biden. What does Biden do? From day one, begins undermining Israel, begins undermining Netanyahu. By the way, Prime Minister Netanyahu, Joe Biden the Democrats hate him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they hate him. They loathe him. Didn't Obama try to oust him? <laughs> yes. The Obama, <laughs> they sent their political operatives <laughs> to Israel to help run the campaign of his opponents. I mean, they despise him because he's strong and unequivocal. And to be honest, Netanyahu is more pro-America than the Democrats are.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, they despise Netanyahu. They began sending, they've, Biden has sent over a hundred million dollars to the Palestinian Authority. So why did the money stop? The money stopped. We had been giving aid to the Palestinian Authority and we actually passed a law in Congress called the Taylor Force Act. Taylor Force Act is named after Taylor Force, who was a Texan. Uh, He was a veteran and he was in Israel and was killed by a terrorist in Israel. And the Taylor Force Act said, we're not gonna send US taxpayer money to any governmental entity that pays that terrorists. kills our people, yeah, yeah. But, like, if you're cutting checks, and by the way, it's a major budgetary line item for the PA, funding the families of the martyrs, fam- funding the families of the terrorists who committed acts of murder. Because of that, the Trump administration, following the Taylor Force Act, cut off the cash, said, you don't get any more money. What did Biden said? Oh, we're giving you the money. Over $100 million. And, by the way, these are the same clowns that are now firing rockets in right. to Israel. Right. Um, Hamas is also funded by Iran. Biden's number one foreign policy objective is to reinstate the Iran nuclear deal. And, you know, the funny thing is when you undermine our ally and when you praise the terrorist and you say you're, you give them money and you say you're going to give them more money, suddenly they start engaging in more acts of terrorism and firing rockets. And they know that the press and the Democrats will side with the terrorists. And we're saying that, especially from the squad.
2: Yeah. So- I think this is actually such an important point, both when you think of Iran, you know, enemy state actors, and when you think of politicians, our, our opponents here in the United States, you can judge a man by his enemies. And so when when I'm trying to think of this, this issue, which is so complex, and I look and I see the squad, AOC, uh, Bernie Sanders, Barack Obama, all these radical politicians that I think are wrong about everything, when I see that they uniformly are against Israel, and then I, l- I look at the people who are supporting Israel and in the in the United States, but state actors as well, to me, I think okay if I don't if I don't know anything else about this conflict, it is likely that I am going to come out on the side of Israel here just look at just look at where the people are lining up I think you're right and and it's worth noting that
3: the politics on this has changed a lot hmm. so. For a long time in Washington, there's been a bipartisan consensus in support of Israel. Yeah, um, APAC uh, is a political action committee that that works to encourage American-Israeli cooperation and support. It's assiduously bipartisan, and 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 I actually agree with the principle that we should have as much bipartisan cooperation when it comes to standing with Israel is possible.
2: Israel wants to continue to exist, whether it's Democrats in office or whether it's Republicans in office.
3: Um, That changed very significantly during the Iran deal. So the second term of of Obama, they're negotiating the Iran deal. Netanyahu said, and I agree with him, that the Iran deal was an existential threat to Israel, literally going to the very existence of Israel, that a nuclear Iran the odds are unacceptably high that the Ayatollah would use nuclear weapons on Israel. That's how much they despise uh, the Jews. You know, the head of Iran's uh, nuclear program, who, by the way, has since met his maker <laughs> yeah. and, and many say at the hands of the Mossad, that has not been confirmed, but it well, is. I can't imagine. No, um, it's
2: hard to, hard to believe.
3: He had written into his last will and testament, that he wanted written on his tombstone the following, here lies a man who sought the annihilation of Israel. (laughs) Now think for a second just how much hatred you have to have to want. That's all you want to be remembered for is (laughs) I sought to annihilate them. That's what a lot of people don't get is these people want to kill every Jew in Israel. Um, and, and when you're dealing with
2: bullies, when you're dealing with tyrants, weakness doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but does this, this actually, this very point raises an, uh, an objection that the leftist media and politicians bring up, which is look, sure, Hamas is firing at the civilians and that's bad. Yeah, they probably shouldn't do that. But they're firing these dinky little rockets and the response from Israel has been disproportionate because they have better funding and they've got better weapons. And so it's it's unjust for Israel to respond in a stronger way than the way in which they've been attacked.
3: Well, Israel has a responsibility to protect itself and to stop Hamas. And if you fire rockets, uh, try to murder Israeli citizens, you're going to get a serious military response. That's why Israel exists.
2: Um, also, if you're in a fight with a bully... I don't know, it's been a while since I've been in grade school, but I was not told if a bully punches you, punch him exactly as hard as he punched you. I was told if a bully comes out and threatens you and punches you, you punch him twice as hard. I, you, I you didn't t- think anyone punched anyone at Yale. Not, not, it's really more of a slap.
3: It's actually okay. a bit of a slap yeah, and a tickle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that I, or just, you know, sit down and try to understand each other. <laughs> um, so, look, that, that that's absolutely right. Um. Let's take this past week what has driven the press crazy, which is that Israel bombed a building that happened to be the headquarters of the Associated Press. Now, it also happened to be the headquarters of a major operation for Hamas in the building. An intelligence operation. And, you know, Netanyahu has said publicly that he had compelling intelligence that showed that there was a Hamas operation headquartered in that building. And it's been reported that he shared it with the U.S. government, with the Biden administration. I haven't seen any classified information on that, so I just know what's been reported. Yep. Um, but a couple of points on this. Number one, that's consistent with Hamas's pattern of using human shields, of locating in the AP headquarters. Number two, I'll wager $20, AP knew that. Of course. That, that that they knew exactly because you know what those Hamas guys were their sources. Yeah,
2: I, I mean they are propagandists for the terrorists. It does raise a question: Why did the AP have an office in Gaza? And why? And there have been incidents in the past, by the way, that shows a bit of a, a, a deeper relationship here between these journalists. Well, and, and, these and one
3: of the things actually that the Israelis do, so they try to do everything they can to minimize civilian casualties. They go so far. So, for example, they notified the AP, get out of the building. Yeah. uh, So that the reporters were not there when they leveled the building. The AP knew. They knew exactly. You know, uh, some years back, there was a story about Gaza. uh, In Gaza, uh, Hamas was storing their missiles in a kindergarten. Yeah. So they're literally, and they're using, by the way, Palestinian kindergartners are the human shields. Um, I passed legislation that, that, imposes sanctions on any organization that uses human shields. I also passed a bipartisan resolution condemning the use of human shields as a war crime. So this has been an issue that I've been the leading voice in the Senate for a long time against using human shields. But I gotta tell you, when, when they put the missiles in the kindergarten, Hillary Clinton was asked about it. And, and her defense, she said, well, you've gotta understand Gaza's very small.
2: So there's no other place to put the missile, <laughs> oh, which is such God. utter garbage. Even by Hillary Clinton standards, that is a weak excuse. It, 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 it
3: is a very weak excuse. But you've got the Democrats are apologists. They're cheering for the terrorists. And the point I was starting to make before, you used to have a bipartisan agreement on Israel when that broke. Yeah. Was the Iran deal, because what happened is the Obama White House told Democrats, pick. You either pick us or Israel. Yeah. Um, and Democrats picked partisan politics. Uh, if you remember, Bob Menendez, yeah. Democrat from New Jersey, became the first Senate Democrat to speak out against the Iran deal. The day he came out against the Iran deal, the Obama Justice Department leaked that they were indicting Bob Menendez.
2: Wow. The timing, actually. I remember they indicted him on the. It is the exact day they leaked it. And that
3: was a bare knuckle punch. It was meant to tell every Democrat. You get on board or we will come after you. That's how they that's how rough they play. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I had ambassadors from major European allies in my office during the Iran deal saying, help us. Look, the Obama White House is twisting our arms, forcing us into this dumbass deal yeah um, and, and we need help. by the way, these European allies are now big supporters of the deals because they want to make money in Iran. but at the time they, they realized how crazy it was. Um, and APAC, look, I've done a lot, a lot of work with APAC. I got to say APAC found its credibility very badly damaged because it set its number one objective as we've got to stop this deal. Virtually every Democrat said, go jump in a lake. By the way, Schumer kind of played to oppose it, but he did nothing to oppose it. Um, And then not a single one of those Democrats lost in the subsequent election for doing that. And, And AIPAC ended up being substantially weakened because the Democrats learned that they could tell him, go jump in a lake on their central issue and not only would they be no consequences APAC would turn around and raise money for them.
2: Well, you know, this this actually gets to the point we were talking about earlier, which is that clarity has a lot of power to it. And and especially on this issue as the as the battle lines, the political battle lines have really uh, become clear here. People need to pick a side. Mm-hmm. You know, if you uh, stand in the middle of the road, you're going to get hit by a truck, Senator uh, We're now running out of time. I hope that you are not hit by a truck. Uh, I trust that you'll be very safe. I wish you a very good trip into Israel, and I look forward to seeing you back here in America, not over there, but back here in America to discuss it very soon. Next year in Jerusalem. Next year in Jerusalem. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz.
0: This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry? Ooh, a book club!
0: Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot power generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films... Hollywood slash Ben